This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamerscape Final Fantasy XIV podcast. A few next. Joining me today, we have Zanidra and Aldino. Hello. Uh, Pax West is going on. I keep saying East when I'm talking to people at Pax West, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. I keep mixing them up for whatever reason. <laughs> Pax East. Strange. Where am I again? Pax West. There we go. Yeah. So uh, Pax West going on right now. Um, I was there yesterday. Uh, had a chance to sit down with Natsuko Ishikawa and Takeo Suzuki from the Final Fantasy XIV development team. Uh, and so we've got an interview with them that we're going to uh, go ahead and get into here in just a minute. Uh, but first, a uh, couple of little bits of news. Um, since we have the rising going on right now, it's me. That means uh, we get story time. So we have Tales from the Shadows uh, is up right now, um, just like we had uh, Tales from the. Uh, this is probably what Tales from the Storm and Tales from. I forget what they were called Tales for Heaven's the Storm. But it's, it's those those little character centric uh, short stories. Um, so make sure to go check those out. Um, and also here, um, announcement for the next live letter from the Tokyo Game Show for uh, September fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love this because it's going to be at 9 p.m. Pacific. Wow. On Saturday, so September 14th. I don't have to wake up early for this. Yeah. I don't have to set an alarm for like yeah. 3.30 in the morning. It's going to start during raid. Uh... <laughs> it's fine. We can see it. We, we can just have it on the side. <laughs> right, because we're not doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, that won't be distracting at all. Um, the yeah. main focus yeah, of this will be done letter. by then. <laughs> the main focus of this live letter is going to be Your Hot Dark Apocalypse, and uh, Yoshida Sun will be joined by Yosuke Saito and Yoko Taro. So, oh if you're it's interested in time. seeing what they're going to be doing for the Alliance raid for Shadowbringers, I think everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tune in for that for sure. Even if people are like, ew, don't bring Nier into my Final Fantasy. I'm still, I, like, I'm more like weirded out now, and I'm like, I'm a little more like, how are they going to do this? Like, it's, it's odd, it's gonna, but it's going to be a trip. Whatever, yeah. yeah, we'll check it out. Uh, September 15th. No. Yeah, I think, right? That's what no. you said before. So this is interesting. Okay. The header for this on the lodestone. Mm-hmm. Letter from the producer live. Uh, L-I-V. What, I can't. Roman numerals. From the Tokyo <laughs> Game Show. Set for September 15th. Yeah. Date and time. Saturday. September 14th. They... Yeah, oh, because it's, well, it's at midnight. Okay. It's at midnight it's, Eastern too. Yeah. Oh man. So Jeez. it's both. Right. It's. It's fifteen for them and our, fourteen yeah, for. Yeah. yeah, I don't. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> so We're gonna look at both? this and be like, which is it? <laughs> both. Both. Maybe that's yes. why they did it. They'll be like, which which midnight in the morning is it? Well, it's <laughs> it's the one between fourteen and fifteen. Yes, that's true. There you go. All right. Anyway, so, so that's coming up. Make sure to check that out. We'll uh, we'll make sure to have a summary up for that uh, mm-hmm. shortly after. Um, now we'll, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the interview. Um, so, uh, and again, to um, if anybody is at PAX or even if you're not at PAX because they're going to stream it, there's a panel tomorrow, uh, 2.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Um, they are going to be in the main theater. So that should be, I think, PAX 1 or just Packs on Twitch. I forget how they name their their channels. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of them. Um, it, it will be streamed, so make sure to check that out if you are interested. Um, It'll also so, be on the uh, fourteen channel. So if you're confused oh, yeah, by yeah. the, the Packs channels, then just go to that one. Yeah. yeah, you will be able to find it online to watch. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, no Google's your buddy. There <laughs> you go. Um, so uh, my first question for them was, I said, the downside of talking before the panel is I don't know what you're going to talk about. Um, so I was wondering if you could briefly go over some of the things that you worked on for Shadowbringers. All right. And uh, I'll be Suzuki. Um, uh, I am the design and art leader for Shadowbringers. Uh, primarily working on character designs, background designs, cutscene design. I supervise those. And I'm Ishikawa. Uh, I handle the main scenario narrative for Shadowbringers, as well as working with the design team for the requests they made for graphical assets, as well as the sound team for background music requests, and also deciding on when those items would be used throughout the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of your favorite things that you worked on from this expansion? There were so many things to work on throughout the expansion, so each one of them has a heavy weight. That is a cop out question. You should well, you know, I I will say though when uh-huh. when she, she's very she can be very animated. Oh yeah. When she talks. So I asked her this question and she just kind of like leaned forward and she's just like oh. <laughs> and I don't know if I can it's like I'm like I don't think she can pick a favorite. Right. <laughs> like there's just so many yeah. That's so good many though. Things. Yeah. I mean, it's I just I love everything about the narrative so it's like yeah you know what i couldn't pick a favorite <laughs> i'm not even a part of it there and goes yes yes i couldn't pick a favorite either i could pick a least favorite oh sure but <laughs> this isn't my interview so <laughs> even though you're ishikawa right now yeah yeah there you go uh, suzuki or me i, I keep forgetting <laughs> that i am wow having an existential crisis. Anyway, with any expansion, (laughs) we have many elements that go into it. But from a design perspective, especially character design, we were able to introduce new races. So that's something that I was excited about. Uh, With regards to character design, we have new wardrobes for the characters. They're usually a little more original, but uh, Thinkert, for example, just has the Gunbreaker armor. What was the reason for that? Ishikawa says, from a realistic perspective with the Scions, of course, they're part of that element that brings Uh, life to the story and sort of brings in some additional color to your adventures. Their wardrobe has been updated for the expansion, but we also introduced new characters like the Crystal Exarch, and of course, Emmet Selk played a large part as well. And they were a completely original design. Realistically speaking, the development resources that we uh, could allocate for the design of these characters was limited. That being said, for Thancred, Urianje, and Nishtola, because they drastically changed their jobs, we wanted to visually represent that they switched over their jobs, so we took inspiration from the AF gear and sort of modified it. Mm-hmm. In some cases, more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> to be it, fair, it, it, like, Urianje just straight up is in that. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, you know, it's interesting, too, like... I, I did ask this question at the same time. Like, I really love that white gunbreaker coat. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it looks. Oh, it's good. Good. <laughs> I can't wait to to get mine up and and be able to dye it. Um, yeah. When starting Shadowbringers early on, uh, the story branches. Um, you can either go to Amarang and visit Alice, or go to Kluja and visit Alfino. Um, did that option to choose provide any narrative challenges? We decided to have that option to go either way so that we can prevent bottlenecking. So we would have the players decide where they wanted to go and not gather in one spot, which I think we all kind of knew. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah we yeah. didn't want to guide our players by saying, well, typically I think players would go and join up with Alice or Alfno. We wanted the players themselves to make the decision instead of holding their hand. We made sure that both options are viable and it's not leaning toward one or the other. Yeah. And I, and I mentioned, you know, because, I mean, we knew bottlenecking, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I was like, yeah, I remember Rauba. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I think this was a good option. He's just he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when traveling to the first, uh, one of the things that I enjoyed was seeing a lot of the similarities to zones that we have in the source. What was it like creating the first and deciding where to add these pieces of familiarity? So Suzuki says, if everything was just a one-to-one -one mirror between the source and the first, it would have been easy. From a design and lore perspective, because these worlds were split into shards long, long ago, we do want to, of course, pay tribute to the original one. But with any of the landscapes, from the plains to the forests to the beaches, we wanted to introduce different elements. It wasn't about where do we bring in familiar elements, but the base is the original, and then where do we incorporate the different elements? That's how the design team looked at it. From a lore perspective as well, the base terrain would be the same between the source and the first, but they have different history. Plus, on the first, we never really had a calamity, so some of the areas affected on the source by the calamity may not apply to the areas on the first, and that's the thinking that the scenario team was thinking about. That was a sense. So our concept <laughs> was also looking at the history of the source throughout A Realm Reborn and Heavensward, and then thought about how it would differ if the first had taken a different path in history. Yeah, I, I always thought it was really cool because, like, since they didn't have the calamities, like, it's just, like, it the whole world was, like, eroded in a different way. And then, you know, the mm -hmm. form of light and then the things adjacent to it were just, like, familiar. But, yeah, just weird. This <laughs> is what the world looks like when it's allowed to age naturally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> um, funny, though. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, not, not necessarily funny, but um, mm -hmm. as a slight tangent, the... Uh, the wall of light that we see mm -hmm. in Amarang reminds me so much of the burning wall uh, in exactly. Thanaland. Yeah. yeah. In Thanaland, in also in fake Thanaland or first yeah. Thanaland or whatever. So <laughs> it's kind of like uh, they, they did get a miniature taste. Mm -hmm. They were about to be a calamity, so that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I said I thought it was also interesting seeing some things. For example, in the Raktika Great Wood, you have that group of shulas with. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of Gelmora from the source. Was that intentional? You have a really keen eye. When the development team was creating some of the dungeon areas for Shadowbringers, the ruins you travel through in that area amongst the developers, we kept calling it the Gelmora dungeon. So yes, good observation there. <laughs> so, okay. How did it feel? It, it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's like... Um, Gosh, years and years and years ago, uh, when, uh, what was the dungeon now? Um, it was one of the earlier ones, not, not the, not Sestasha, where you fight the Kraken with the, uh, with the boat at the end. Hullbreaker? Uh, uh, no. Hullbreaker, Hullbreaker Isle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I remember sitting down with, with Koji when we we did a, it was, gosh, probably like an E3 interview. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Dude, I was getting like major Goonies vibes from this for some reason. <laughs> right. And he just looks at me and goes, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we were going to have like the boss named like one Eye Jack or something, but Legal was like. Aw. <laughs> uh... No. No. <laughs> um, I also thought it was interesting um, with Il Meg, which is the first version of Corthus, where we had the Dragon Song War. All right, you know, everyone's at war, but with Il Meg, man isn't there anymore, and everyone is talking about how much they miss man and how man was, was so great. Mm -hmm. 
I lost that question. Okay, it's in the middle. Uh, it's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not bold. It's interesting you say that because, yes, with Heaven's Word, it was uh, depicting a narrative about how man and dragon were at odds with each other. But uh, in the end, they came to terms with each other. With the first one, you go to Ilmeg, uh, which has the feeling of Kurthis. After uh, their, their resolution was that man was completely gone. Uh, there was some intent that the scenario team did have in taking the history in that direction. So, Yeah, I remember at the media tour, I was like, man, I'm going to hate this stupid zone. I'm going to hate Ilmeg. I, <laughs> I don't want to be here. Or, uh, yeah, I'm going to hate Ilmeg. And then when we're playing it, I'm like, this is my favorite zone, and I don't know why. And now I know why. Just yeah. where I am from as a, you know, a drone. <laughs> this is my home. It's okay. <laughs> so the first... Uh, but, oh, they're just elves, right? Duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why could I not remember their name on the first? But yeah, it uh, yeah. just felt at home. <laughs> I, uh, I, had, I had that same uh, thing last time we were talking about which race is which race. Like, well, mm-hmm. elves and or elves. Oh, how did I forget that? Because I'm like, I remembered Mistel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So random. Or, but I remember that know, one because Elgin. when you when you send a yeah. message to the wrong person, what is it? <laughs> it's a Makote. It's a Mistel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah uh i asked suki's on um out of all the different designs of Shadowbringers, um do you have any favorites uh either favorite characters or favorite armor sets uh, he responded with the introduction of the new race the character designs were really cool especially for the rothgar this is a very beast-like not humanoid and it was an interesting experience to be able to create something so different because it was the first time we had taken on that challenge Unlike the Al-Ra from the previous expansion, we weren't able to incorporate into the game as much as terms of the narrative. With the Hrothgar, we were able to work on it quick and bring it to Ishikawa-san and the scenario team and have it incorporated into the narrative as well. Not just as a playable character, but as a part of the story we were telling. So that was really cool. Of course, so that it could be incorporated into the gameplay experience, the art team had to work on it pretty early on, but we worked on creating the Hrothgar race throughout, so that's another reason why I have an attachment to it. So I guess, you know, they started it super early and he was working on it for so long that it was yeah. like, yeah, this is my favorite thing. Imagine that was how the... sad they were when people were like, Frothgar. Ugh. Right, exactly. Could you imagine his response to that? Like, probably no, not. but well, these are and, my you know, babies. One of the, mm-hmm. He's talking about, you know, the narrative. And I think that was one of the biggest problems with the Aura. You think, yeah. okay, they came out in heaven's word. The most Aura focused storyline was Alexander. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it took them a whole expansion before they're like, check out the step. This is where the Aura are from. It's like, oh, okay. everything you ever wanted to know about Aura culture. Mm-hmm. This took them another couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. Um, and then I asked on the other side of things, um, what are your favorite areas from the expansion? Uh, Suzuki's like me, apparently, which is good because I'm reading its uh, answers. <laughs> In terms of areas, of course, Ilmeg is something that is very unique, so it's one of my favorites, as well as the final zone of Shadowbringers. I, I'm glad that you... So, so yeah, full, full <laughs> disclosure. Um, there are spoilers in this. Yeah. So the way that I've written it, I did tweak a couple of things, like the final zone. They said the Tempest originally. Yeah. But there's not enough in there that really gives anything else yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Next couple of questions, they're bolded, they're red, if you haven't Beware. Shadowbringers, I mean, you're already listening to us, but don't read those. <laughs> I mean, it's it's at the top of the interview. I just, you know, yeah. I wanted to try and be nice about it. Because if I put, like, 
there's spoilers in this interview. Someone's mm -hmm. gonna be like, well, I'm not gonna read anything then, you know? And right. I want people to be able to at least read something. Right. So uh, I think that was a good discussion. <laughs> Sorry, I, I stopped his answer. You're fine. So, You're fine. But <laughs> Elmeg is something that was very unique, so it was one of his favorites, as well as the final zone. Creating the first overall was fun, but with the final zone, we wanted to bring in an element of surprise and have it be different from the rest of the experience. Seeing it in its final form and being able to confirm how it turned out was a great feeling. Uh, we, we believe that what we tried to do with the design was a success. I don't know that anyone disagrees with that because oh, that yeah. reveal, oh man. So I, I still get chills thinking about it. Yeah. Like I, I have, with, with the way I have my lights right now, like I have a, an Amaranth button. <laughs> to change your like I do oh, like awesome. the top is blue like I got some blue and turquoise behind me and then I've got my my panels on the wall that actually are like a little bit of gray a little bit of yellow a little bit of blue like the buildings like oh yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just hit that button bring up like full fathom five on YouTube and just like yeah just kick back <laughs> I definitely <laughs> uh full fathom five I was when you returned to Kalusia putting the, mm. the the mountain golem together and I looked mm. at um like a, a link shell list and saw somebody mm -hmm. was in something called Amarat. And I was like, oh no, I just <laughs> spoiled myself by looking at a link shell. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean. So as soon as we went down into the Tempest and there are these buildings and they're like, whoa, have you seen that thing over there? And I'm like, nope, I can't see that thing over there, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I know it freaking is. I, was, I, I got spoiled by a triple triad card list, so. <laughs> <laughs> really? Hades, Hades. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. I was just, I was looking at at some something, and it just it was right there. I'm like, oh, well, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't like it was kind of like, a, oh, okay, he's that. It wasn't a huge thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's like, mm. okay, um, yeah. So he talks about the tempest, and I said I actually have questions about the tempest in Amaranth. Um, it you know it was interesting. It was my favorite part of the expansion. It made me feel sympathetic with the Asians. What was it like coming up with a story? For that, and what was it like establishing the look of the city and its inhabitants? And Ishikawa says, "Screw off!" Now, uh, I'm sorry. Wow. This information will be the wow. topic of our panel discussion. Please come to the panel on Sunday. Yes. So the panel is going to talk about Emirat. So yeah. check please that look forward out. To it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait! I can't wait. Yeah. She's like, she's like, please, you have to wait. I'm like, all right, fine, fine. Um, but then. But then I well, well so look I had I had several Amarat questions. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know what the, again my first question I don't know what the panel's about so yeah, yeah exactly um, but this was something I I kind of stumbled upon um, one of my things lately has been just like I I've been, again I said I love that track from the Tempest Wolf Fathom Five oh yeah um, and every week I'm like checking out like YouTube to see if there's like any more arrangements that people have made hmm. um, and one time when I was I was like googling it. Um, it popped up a, a, a section from William Shakespeare's The Tempest. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I asked them, you know, Amarant has references to some literary piece of works. Um, Thomas More's Utopia, where Amarant is the capital yeah. of Utopia. Um, in in, in this, this city, they have the uh, Aniter River. We have Academia Aniter as the mm -hmm. dungeon. Um, and then, of course, there's William Shakespeare's The Tempest. And I asked her, uh, you know, I'm curious if there are any other works um, that you looked at or drew inspiration from. Mm -hmm. So with the naming, of course, the scenario team and lore team worked together. And then the lore team would establish the names for the different areas. And the discussion between myself and the lore team, we thought, 
how do we describe this area of Amarat and the capital and what it's supposed to be representing? We thought about this sort of utopia type place where no one has to labor, but everything is so happy. Of course, Yulmore had its own vision for uh, what their utopia is, but Amrat would be different from that philosophy. When we were thinking about how Amrat is more about a complete society, what kind of wording do we use to describe that? Uh, that's when we did look at Thomas More's utopia and decided Amrat would be an appropriate name. Mm. So bingo. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always weird asking like questions like that because we know lore is you know that's the group yeah. that helps to name stuff lore and localization, and so it's like you know they all work together. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just I just remember having this giant like light bulb like holy yeah. crap moment because I started to I actually started to read into uh, this section from the Tempest with mm-hmm. this, this full fathom five lyric and I'm yeah. reading it and I'm like. I'm get like I could see how this is like, you know. Obviously, it's not yeah. exact, but it's definitely it's relevant. Like, you know, relevant yeah. to Amarant and the story of the Asians. It's really yeah. crazy. If if you are curious about this, look it up. Just Google like Full Fathom Five, The Tempest, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll find the the passage for it. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's the kind of stuff I love to just like stumble oh, yeah. on, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the bigger elements from Shadowbringers is the Crystal Exarch. Um, when did you decide that you would bring, bring back uh, Grahatia? We definitely had the idea by the time we got to writing the narrative for Shadowbringers. Of course, when we introduced the Crystal Tower series and the conclusion uh, that it had, the team did have this feeling of, oh, we would love to have him come back in some way sometime. And we still hadn't pinpointed when we wanted to introduce him back. Those two ideas existed, and when Yoshida brought up the idea of Shadowbringers... When we were trying to decide on the story and the central gimmick of where we want to take the narrative, it felt uh, it would click to have him come back, and uh, it was appropriate at the time. Yeah, I just, I love how they'll just do it. They'll just like, okay, this is Crystal Tower, what are we going to do with it? I don't know, eh, it'll come back up. And then it does in this spectacular way. It's so, I I just don't understand. Like, it's I, would, so awesome. I would love to be in the room, right? <laughs> like, 2.0. It's like, all right, well, we need to do some stuff. Uh, Let's add another moon and destroy it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, We want to go to this other planet for for 5.0. What do we do? I don't know. Time time travel the Crystal Tower. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I cannot wait for 7.0 with the Great Serpent of Ranka uprising. Yeah. That just leads leads armies of Void Sent to other shards, and it's going to be great. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think Zanidra wants that expansion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm imagining them with just like, you know, uh, a board with little uh, like magnets on it or something. And they have like crystal tower time travel <laughs> first. And they're like, got it. All right. And they just have all these things. It's more out of a dartboard. And, like, and they're just, all right, I hit that. Yeah. Okay, hit what, that. what was the, um, was it family? It was fam- no South Park, South Park with like, it was like a, like the cartoon wars. Oh yeah, where they come into like Family Guy, and it's like uh, a tank full of like manatees, and then the balls have just words right. on them, yeah, and then yeah. the manatees like pick out the, <laughs> the different things to combine. Yes, more interactive darts. Yeah, <laughs> self darts. It's great. Um, and I asked um, the design of the crystal exarch is interesting uh, with how he has the the crystallized hand. Um, how was it designing him? 
With the designing of the Crystal Exarch, I wanted to make sure we laid out how we got to where he is in the story. So when I made the request, I explained that he would have become one with the Crystal Tower, and so parts of his body were, uh, start, were starting to crystallize. Uh, when we were trying to decide which part of his body uh, were starting to crystallize, we remember that he had tattoos on his neck and parts of his hand. We wanted to make sure we hit those parts. Oh, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, so Suzuki follows up with, with that background established, the concept art design is requested and the rough draft is created, and that concept goes to my team and the 3D team where we build the character model. By the time the uh, order came to the 3D modeling team, the image was already fairly established. So there wasn't much trouble bringing that to life. That said, there's a request from Ishikawa-san that we wanted to hide his face, and that was a challenge. So the face was sort of darkened on purpose. Typically with the 3D model, we want, just want to use lighting to show highlights and shadows. But with the X-Art, we purposefully darkened his face so that he was unrecognizable. Yeah. Couldn't even look um, up that hood like, hey. Yeah, it's, it's literally <laughs> just like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it, you know it's interesting. We have another another question too in a little bit that'll talk a little bit more about lighting and stuff, which is, mm -hmm. is really mm -hmm. interesting. Um, I told you know I said it's interesting. You mentioned him becoming one with the Crystal Tower because when I saw him, my first thought was um, Nero in the World of Darkness during one of those last cutscenes. He starts to kind of crystallize himself. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> the reason why Nero started to crystallize versus the Exarch uh, were technically different. But it was an element that we wanted to bring to players' attention to notice uh, that commonality between them being afflicted by Crystal Tower. And I felt that nostalgia of, oh yeah, I remember that happened before. That's right. part of what makes this expansion so great. Like, even right. if stuff isn't directly connected, I mean, first off, they make the story, so they can connect whatever the hell they want, yeah, right? Exactly. They can make but, it. <laughs> but even, even if, it's, if it's not, they can still make nods to things. And I think mm. being able to pick up on that is is part of what made the expansion so great yeah, it just adds layers on top of the already good story you know and then you have all the callbacks that you know make sense and then you have these small ones that you're like is that and you know like you'll you'll get this idea in your head yeah it definitely is and then we're getting we're getting well, and, that, and that's the problem too i mean when you're a little more invested of a player and and making content and talking about the game all the time right it's yeah. these it's like that reminds me of that one part all right, time to go check out the longest journey in my house. I, I need to look, I need to follow up on this now. Like, yeah. what, what was this all about? And the coolest part, I think, is even if you check it and it doesn't really line up with what you thought, it might give you a different hint at something else. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, I asked with Shadowbringers and a lot of the cutscenes, um, some of the expressions on the characters feel like they've been improved. Um, and I asked about what kind of work went into that. In terms of the players' movements... And this will be talked about at the panel, but we did increase the motion that we added to characters during the cutscenes to about 1.3 times the movement compared to Stormblood. In terms of what we're specifically uh, particular about in creating these cutscenes, that will be in the panel. <laughs> but there was something we couldn't fit into the panel, so we'll share it with you here. With the flood of light, you constantly have light above you, so it's different to see time progression because the shadow won't typically move based on the movement of the sun. It was hard to feel the passage of time. We actually used that to our advantage. 
When we made these cutscenes, we were able to adjust it so the lighting hit the characters perfectly in that situation. Ah, and we froze time to speak, uh, to elim- uh, so to speak, to eliminate them properly. That's really cool. Right? I hadn't even, that wasn't even something I would thought about, but, like, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's perfect. It's perfect lighting. It's great. Um you said time progression and i heard time compression sorry but that's just you know that's i mean it's that. appropriate we'll probably no, just, get some of that pretty soon i really hope <laughs> yeah look, uh, look forward to the ff8 remaster coming out next week exactly <laughs> that's totally what i was referring to uh-huh uh so suzuki said uh with final fantasy 14 everything moves in real time which includes the weather and the time that's one of the selling points is that we're telling the story in real time but from an art team perspective, it does pose a challenge to create this set image. So it brings a challenge to if we were raise the quality or improve upon ourselves in a visual representation. For example, because the story is told in real time, there may be certain scenes that would look visually stunning if it was nighttime and the light was shining at a particular angle. But realistically speaking, we wouldn't have that specific moment if the player runs into that part of the narrative during the daytime and it's sunny out. It would be washed out and kind of ruin the picture. With the narrative of Shadowbringers, where the lighting is pretty much set, we would create the cutscenes and then go back. Because we don't have to worry about the brightness of the sky, we can adjust the lighting to present the visual elements better. We were able to go back and look at the different cutscenes we created and tweak it so it had a nice visual presentation. Because, I mean, just as we were saying, that's that's it's it's, it's, it's like it's like a free okay. pass. Yeah, you know? it's like here you go. You know, it's like in other games, it's like, oh man, you know, we got to have real time shadows. We got it's gonna look horrible if we we got to check it at every single point in the day. No, I mean you know. they they <laughs> say that, but there are there have definitely been exceptions. You know they you know they do oh, yeah. though. I mean that's the thing, and yeah. it's it's weird because it's obviously it's it's something that they've had to to consider since forever. Yeah, and that's it's I I've never really thought about that well they they definitely there are cutscenes in the game where they were like you're just gonna pretend to wait a little bit and then it happens like like the astro cutscenes they're talking about stars you're looking at stars it's gonna be a night Mm -hmm. it's just you can't see them now but they're up there yeah look at that (laughs) uh uh, oh there's a last bit from after that oh there is a tiny <laughs> sentence on the next page. Oh, My yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, but now that the Warriors of Darkness have brought back nighttime, we have lost the ability to do that. It's all our fault. I would just, like, I would just you guys like to screwed apologize it up. on behalf of all players to the RT. No. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I mean, I guess the other benefit too, right, is depending on what kind of a cutscene is. If you're inside somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, that's lighting. Yeah. Like, you can do that, What you know, do whatever you want with that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, um, talking about graphics, too, something I've, I've been curious to ask for a little while now. Um, for those of, of you not familiar, um, Yoshida, um, I don't know if he's still in it or not. Um, he was writing columns in Famitsu, mm-hmm. um, where he would talk a little bit about the dev process and some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and one of the things that he talked about, um, and this is this is the question now, um, Yoshida-san has written in his Famitsu columns about how the graphics pipeline is old um, and how the team is using kind of tricks to make things look better. Um, and I was curious if you could talk a little bit about um, what you do to maybe look make things look less dated. And uh, Suzuki-san says, uh, it's true. There is a manual effort to make it look good. Uh, this might be a very granular example, but if a character has a hood that they can put on and take off, 
Um, these days with modern technology, it's not very difficult to have the motions to do that. But doing that in real time is actually quite challenging, especially in Final Fantasy XIV. The graphics team and also the cutscene and presentation team would have the character model with the hood on, then a separate one with it off, and we would manually have to switch over so it looks natural and seamless. Another example is the Crystal Exarch having that darkened face. Although it's low-tech, it's something that we utilize so it would sort of blend in and make sense in that environment. So there are a lot of manual things that we tweak to bring in that presentation. Uh, a lot of the developers have been around for a long time, so it's a very traditional way of looking at it, seeing how we can overcome an obstacle with the means that we have. A lot of the times, developers will come up with ideas that have that visual presentation and show it to people like me, <laughs> rather than doing uh, top-down instructions saying, I want it this way. Uh, so oh, there you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting to me because that's that's just kind of the way that you know like game development even like back in the early final fantasy days was were it was like mm -hmm. how are we even gonna do that i don't know well we'll just fudge it it'll work we'll right yeah it. i mean it's 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 <laughs> a little archaic right with right. the way that they have to do certain things but mm -hmm. they know that they can do it that way yeah um and it's you know at at some point i mean like with with you know stuff like this modern technology you can mm -hmm. do it fine oh yeah uh, final fantasy 14 that's using an older engine mm-hmm so, you know, you, there's certain shortcuts or certain, you know, kind of like, yeah. like Yoshida said, there's like tricks you have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like that model swapping. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm not going to make the hood move. I'll just pan away, come back. Hey, look, he's different. <laughs> back in my day, we had 10 models for the same character, depending right. on, you know, if you wanted him to smile, different model. Like, mm -hmm. it's... <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's funny because like in 11, you know, yeah. all the macros to switch gear. You just blink out of existence and come mm -hmm. back. And mm -hmm. Yeah, because, like, they could have just made it appear there, but they're like, ah, maybe, you know, this will be fine. <laughs> we'll just we'll just blink. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, my last question. Mm. What was the inspiration behind the Great Serpent of Ronka quests? Wow. Question. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I, I can't go a day without mm. either seeing it on Twitter or in my FC Discord. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see the Great Serpent at least once a day, if not. Yeah. Screen. Uh, <laughs> that was actually a pet well project of one of the scenario writers. Of course, we have the scenario and lore teams, but one of our new members that joined us had the idea, and she kept pitching it at multiple times. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> she worked on several drafts after being rejected several times, and so we feel we're not worthy to speak on her behalf on it, but it's her pre project for sure. So it's just somebody they just brought I into the team who was like, dedicated to this I have idea. this idea! Here! And they're like, no. Yeah. Okay, well, I changed it. How about now? No. It changes a few things. How about, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny well. to me because, like, one, bring her to the fan fest. Yes. <laughs> That'd be cool. You it's know, so like, funny that people yes. love this thing. And it reminds right. me of our friend. Yes. So we have a friend um, who, you know, uh, was in school to be a, a kind of a 3D artist. And okay. he had this little bird, this little uh, mascot that he had. And he would put it on all of his, you know, modeling stuff while he's in school. And then he got a job at Blizzard. And someone there was like, man, that bird is super cute. Can we put it in the game? That is not Ganymede. No, no. it's Pepe from WoW. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't play that. Whatever. I don't, play, but... I don't know. I don't know that. I know. I know the Overwatch bird. I don't know. Wow. Right. I don't. You know the little orange kind of okay. two circle bird. Yeah. <laughs> two sphere bird. That's blue beak, orange feathers. Yeah. Everyone That's loves weird. Pepe, and it's it's like you. It's awesome when you're like working on it, like, and then you're like, "Oh man, look at this! This would be really cool, right?" And then someone's like, "You know what? We should put that in there. Like, how how must that feel, right?" right? Well, this and is it, my it's, random. It's, it's a little different than yeah. that. It's it's one of these things, right? Because she like, yeah, she wanted really, it in. Yeah, so it's like, hey, can we do this? Eh, I don't know. Mm. Like, what? Maybe we could change some stuff. Okay, sure. Like, I just wanted I just wanted in. Yeah. Like, what do we got to do? Whatever. You know. Um, and so um, I did uh, ask Essie. I, I actually want to try and actually get an answer from uh, the person that came up with the quest line. Send so, her an email. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I did send an email this morning. Yay. Um, so we'll see what happens um, yeah. if, if that's something we can make work. But it's it's one of those things where it's just it's so popular. Yeah. Um, that I would I would just love to to get a little bit of of behind the scenes yeah. on how that came out. So. I mean, we may never see some of the the failed, you know, like. I hope we do. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be great? I just wonder. To see <laughs> Originally, the great the great serpent of Bronco was going to be innocence, but that didn't work out. <laughs> didn't so work out. the progression of stuff like that is really interesting to me. Like mm-hmm. yeah. original ideas and how they you develop know, into what they actually get in. I should have mm-hmm. I should have asked a little bit. If if they if they get back to me, we'll see we'll see how how much we can get. But yeah, <laughs> if, if I if I can just get the, the act, you know, what was the inspiration? If, if I can just get that, yeah, I'll, I think that'll be awesome. But yeah, and uh, even better because it has become so popular, they're going to continue to use it. It's going to show oh, up other I, places. I and she that's right got to feel great for her, right? Yeah, Great Serpent of Ronka will be in Hildebrand. It has to. Oh, yeah, you know, it has to be. No, it has to be. <laughs> uh, there's no way it can't be at this point. I'm just, I'm just imagining right now. You know, Greg is there in in Kidu, and in Kidu is just snake or just chasing the great serpent around, <laughs> just like in the background of one of the scenes or something. That's gotta feel it. awesome though. Like, and then, and then something weird happens where they merge together, and it's like oh. in Kidu, the great serpent of this giant chicken serpent, and that's the trial for Hildebrand I mean, for 5.0. Yeah. Bird, bird serpents? That kind of bird fits serpent. in with, with rock and uh, aesthetic, yeah. I think. They just, I mean, they just, you know, they just had their manatees in the tank, and they just... <laughs> <laughs> bird serpent. Bird serpent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing in a video game. Yeah. Um, and so there you go. That is our interview <laughs> with Natsuko Ishikawa and Takeo Suzuki. Uh, make sure... We'll have the written up uh, on the website, hopefully later today. I do need to... Uh, proof this a little bit more. I know I noticed a few typos while we were going through. Like, that's <laughs> not that word. <laughs> I was super tired last night when I transcribed. I mean, I don't know. blame you at all. Yeah. Um, it'll be, it was it'll definitely be one of those, did I read that right? Yeah, it's like, mm. uh, some, some of the sentences are a little weird. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how, how Translation. It happens, right? but, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that'll be up on the site here, um, hopefully by the end of today. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. Um, we also have a lot of other pack stuff coming out as well. Theoretically. Um, like, even it'll mm-hmm. already be up by the time this episode goes up. So if you're listening, yes. not live, yes. yeah. it's already up. It, it definitely will be. So um, <laughs> we've also got like we're we're sitting here podcasting. Uh, we've got uh, Fire Marth actually at PAX right now, uh, mm-hmm. checking out some stuff. So we'll have a lot of stuff from PAX. Um, so keep an eye out on the site over uh, the next week or so as we uh, get that stuff posted. Um, and then panel tomorrow, two thirty p.m. Um, make sure to check it out. I think it, I can't wait. I'm going to be there. Um, yeah. 
It should be super exciting. So you know the nerd. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'd be and a nerd. I think, unless anybody has anything else to add, um, I mean, there are the patch notes, but it was basically band-aid oh, fixes yeah. to a couple of the jobs. How how are you feeling about about your summoner? I, I, you know, <laughs> could you still could you still do an entire series of shows complaining about summoner? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's it's something. I mean, it's definitely something. There are really weird scenarios like having to have your dots up to get more damage for the ruins means if it's a new like if an ad pops up i have to get the dots on it if try disaster's not up that's two casts i have to do before i can start actually damaging it so it was annoying yeah that's true um that's about it 5.1 please please look forward to it that's what i'm looking forward to <laughs> So yeah. screw the was, 24 man. I need my summoner fixes. Yeah, I don't even care about the <laughs> I'm like the near stuff is cool. What are you doing? What are you what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh I mean one of the things I heard about and again, I, I'm not like a crazy raider, right? But mm. like, I remember people being like samurai, man. Yeah. It's where it's at right now, and they got buffed. I'm like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Black Mage is definitely an outlier right now. They are just, and you know, I'm, no, I'm not going to go into this. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be a rant about range versus melee mm. and why they seem to think that the damage output should be different. Like how they decide mm. which job is more difficult you yeah. know, or which role is more difficult because usually it's, they usually balance. Usually, MMOs in general balance that. Okay, you're ranged, so okay, you're gonna you're gonna do this damage. You don't have to move around that much. You you want a yeah. turret, but like all the mechanics in Savage right now are like there's a lot of melee stuff too. But most of the range stuff is good luck casting. Enjoy, um, which you know it's like constant yeah. movement at at. Many oh my times. gosh! Talk about the Leviathan thing. Uh, which oh the 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 tether pools? No, the the standing oh. right under him thing. Okay, so I found I found a thing that's <laughs> not a bug, but uh, so I'm doing Leviathan uh, Savage. We're we're progressing on that. Just about dead. So close. One percent. Anyway, yeah, one percent. Uh, anyway, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, at some point you have to be really close to him, like way up front. Uh, to get away from, you know, those diagonal current things that are in normal, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started noticing that as I'm up there, some of my casts aren't going off. And I'm like, I'm not moving. Why can't I cast? It's just not letting me cast. And I'm like, anyone else having this happen? And everyone's like, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm, so I'm like, okay, something is wrong. And I don't know what it is. So if you're at the front of his arena, right, mm -hmm. that square, and you're facing off of the arena, like he's in front of you, but the thing is, his targeting circle is I was overlapping. Just yeah. yeah. So if you face out and you don't have auto face on, you can't attack him. I don't care if you're melee or anything else. So you, you will hit your button and nothing will happen. But if you have auto face on, you'll notice that it turns your character towards the center of his hitbox because it thinks you're behind him. Yeah. And since you can't cast behind you or use any weapon skills, you'll drop. Interesting you'll drop your skills. And it also happens like, you know, during temporary current, you have to move from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually I strafe. And as you're strafing, at some point, you are definitely facing 
behind him. You know, you're inside of his hitbox looking out of it. And so if you're strafing mm -hmm. and you're trying to do instant cast, it won't happen. So what I'll tend to do, I mean, I don't want to turn auto face on. Like that would fix it. I just don't like auto face. So sure. that's it. It's kind of my problem. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not a big deal. I'm not saying it's not, it's not Leviathan. It's me. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, you know, but like you kind of have to strafe and turn, you know, so you have to circle <laughs> strafe within his hitbox. And, you know, I was like, it was driving me crazy. And I, I was like, does anyone have this experience? And the only thing I could find is a black mage on the official forum somewhere. It was like, oh, well, when I'm in Eden and Eden jumps to a corner, sometimes when it passes by me, I'll drop a cast. Like I'll be casting and it'll just stop. Mm -hmm. And it's the same reason because they're currently behind you, even yeah. if they like move diagonal. So it's just one of those weird, stupid things that I'm like, ah, God, why am I a caster? What am yeah. I doing with my life? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was a weird, okay. <laughs> I'm like, how did we get here? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Summoner complaints. Yeah. No. It was just, it was so weird. And uh, I, my, Initial thing was, well, they just changed Summoner the other night. Maybe they, they broke were. something. Like, yeah. they thought they were fixing something, but they broke you more. Nah. No. It's just, you know, hitboxes are hitboxes. Yeah. That's such a weird thing, though. You think they'd fix that somehow. Like, I, I do. Know you know, it's probably I because know. of the spacing uh, for, like, melee range toward the back. They mm -hmm. were just like, yeah, just move up a little bit. It'll be fine. But Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. the only when I was testing it out, I got murdered by the temporary current because I was like, "Well, what if I just stay back so I'm like not in the hitbox?" And don't do that. That that is not recommended because mm. you'll <laughs> get by the diagonal and you'll die. That hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like uh, some of the resolved issues for this patch. Yeah, an issue with the dungeons of Leakia, yeah. uh, where in the duty would erroneous, erroneously end in failure under certain circumstances. Oh, oh, really? Okay. That's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> That's I, like, I like this uh, an issue when selecting a chamber door in the dungeons of, of Ligia, wherein it was possible to discern whether or not the door would open at the start of the cutscene. Oh, really? I wonder how that worked. Yeah. Huh. Man. I also wonder how that worked, and I'm <laughs> upset that it is fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what else is kind of neat, and I hope they don't fix. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. In in maps, if you go right up next to the entrance door with before the cutscene starts, it, the cutscene doesn't catch you, and so you, oh, can, you just can just go run in. up to the door while the cutscene while other people are stuck in the cutscene. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, you know all these funny little things. I mean, we were talking about them dealing with the 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 efficiency stuff that they have to do like oh we got to swap out a model and things like that you know these little things just stay forever i'm not yeah. going to rant about another one that'll be on the summoner show so <laughs> that will never exist I we'll, it won't be a show it'll be a month it'll be summoner month it'll just Goodness. be an advent calendar of things that yeah. just annoy <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I look forward to October. I'll be just going to complain about Summoner for the entire month. It'll be great. Oh, Enjoy. man, it's October. A-H-K-tober. Like Ockmorn. I like it. I don't it. think it's going to happen oh, now. But... I like it. Me and Denise won't even be on it. It'll just be Aldino in a chair and a robe in front of a fireplace. 
No, that's Evan. He'll have like a glass of wine. He's like, let me tell you why Summoner sucks. <laughs> now I'm just going to need like whiskey out of a jug with three axes on it. <laughs> I was thinking like a bonfire with a big uh, ice ball in it, you know, really classy. And you're just like, nah. <laughs> I mean, we can make this happen. You have the green screen over there, man. We I could. Do. <laughs> oh, dear. we'll workshop that one. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Jeez. All right. Uh, well, that is going to do it for this episode of Eighth Right Radio. Uh, next week, I'm not going to be here. Um, Good to know. Else will be. <laughs> <laughs> you knew. I've told you this already. I'm seeing Ben Folds next weekend. I oh, never awesome. heard of that, but that doesn't mean you yeah. didn't tell me. Oh, I told you. No, yeah, Ben Folds, ben Folds uh, with cake. Oh, this man. Be, That's a good um, show. Down, like, right down the road. So mm. I'm not not going to that. Like, come on. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ben Folds. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, next week, probably be a panel discussion. So mm. uh, check out the panel uh, tomorrow again, 2.30 uh, Pacific. Uh, it will be streamed. So make sure to check that out. And uh, we'll see you here next week. Probably. <laughs> <I'm up. laughs> if you want to email us, aetheritradiogamerscape.com, tweet at us at aetheritradio. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Discord uh, at Gamerscape. So there you go. We'll see you next week. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Bye. <laughs> Probably. Bye. Bye.